yeah i just yeah there's so many so many good lines and like it's like oh you want some dum-dums <laughs> are these the ones that make the heads explode oh, make oh, the heads what? explode well, i shouldn't well, maybe but i will <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. I'm David and today Colin, Hunter, Andrew, Chad and I will discuss the 2008 comedic drama In Bruges, which is currently available for rental on Amazon Prime Video at the time of this recording. This movie was written and directed by Martin McDonough and stars Colin Farrell, Brandon, Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes. Next week we'll be watching Taxi Driver, which is currently available on Netflix. Finally, if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to follow us and turn on notifications on whatever platform you're listening through so you'll be notified when we post our next episode. Now for a brief synopsis of the film before we begin our discussion. Guilt-stricken after a job gone wrong, Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from their ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium, the last place in the world Ray wants to be. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so we highly recommend you watch this movie before listening. I mean, seriously, this is the second time... We're watching this movie, so if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go watch it. All right, and without all that out of the way, I'm going to hand it over to Colin for first, second impressions. Thanks, David. Um, I, I I think I made it pretty apparent the first time I re- reviewed this movie. I adore this movie, and uh, I am glad that we're g- giving this a second look, given an old second chance. Um, so, uh, I'm mostly here just to hear the, the new feedback from the rest of the team. That's mostly what I'm excited for. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we got the opportunity to rewatch it. I love this movie, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everyone else take it from here. All right. Well, in that case, Hunter, what did you think about this movie the second time? Okay. (laughs) I had to brace myself a little bit this movie was a mixed bag for me on one hand i will say i appreciated it a lot more colin hearing your breakdown about how this could be purgatory and hearing the breakdown of the character development of all the characters in the film uh, i walked into this as i really i sat on my couch i didn't really walk anywhere Uh, i sat i sat into this and thoroughly thought that this story was very interesting in how we get to see Colin Farrell's character um, execute the priest and then and then accidentally kill the child and then we we kind of understand what he's going through and we move through sort of these three scenes of Christian imagery where we see that and then we go over and then they're in the old church where they're talking about Jesus's dried blood. And then they go over to the museum and see the paintings and we eventually see judgment day. And I thought that the imagery and just this concept of purgatory uh, was very fascinating throughout the story. And that really intrigued me. I was sitting through this movie and I was kind of enjoying the first bit about understanding why they're in Bruges and I th- still think it's hilarious Colin Farrell saying in Bruges being pissed about it and for the most part I enjoyed the character development because of this theory that they're in purgatory Ray finds is conducting judgment 
you know, he's the one that's saying you will be put in Bruges and then you will wait to hear orders. And then he comes down to Bruges to conduct judgment. And then we see a Colin Farrell's character. We see his character development. He's going to kill himself. And then he leaves, but he comes back because he has to have judgment passed on to him. And I thought that was all fascinating. But at the end of the day, I also, I, I didn't love this movie. I thought it was also hilarious. Everything that Colin Farrell does, I thought was hilarious. I thought with the people at the tower, that joke is amazing. Are you going to go up there? You're not going to fit up there. And then he's running away from the, from the, from the overweight American tourist. Hilarious. And there are other amazing scenes that I was genuinely laughing at. But I just, there was something about this movie where I don't know if it was, I think it was a mixture of the language and the comedy. I don't think it's my kind of comedy. For example, a lot of the racist uh, comedy, I just didn't find funny. And it kind of took me out of the movie. Uh, I, I, I still don't fully understand why it needs to be there. And for that, that really took me out. And then it just felt, it felt just slow at times. I'll say at the times it felt slow, it often changed pace. For example, uh, near getting into the third act when it kind of felt slow after the long night and everything, we finally got to see Ray Fiennes. And each time the pacing slowed down, it switched to giving you some new information. But overall, I just, I don't know, I couldn't get into it. Like this is not a movie I would watch again on my own without you all. I, I, that's the best way I can put it. It wasn't bad. It's just, I kind of, I hate to say it again, but I kind of felt like I was in Bruges with this. Like it's, it, cinematography was gorgeous. It looked great. Some of these shots were stunning. And it was really fascinating to learn about the history and this overarching story. But at the end of the day, it's, it's like not something that I think I would go back to. And that's the best way I can describe it. I also still fully stand by the comment that I made last time that that music that was decided for that shootout scene with Colin Farrell and Ray Fiennes is terrible. It is absolutely, it is a really bad choice. It doesn't add suspense. It's kind of all over the place. It really takes you out of the moment. And so that is, <laughs> overall, I, I think that if you break it down and you know what you're going into, it is a fun time if you like the humor. Interesting takes, because I totally disagree on the music choice. I liked the music for that chase a lot, especially because this movie is somewhere in the between of a, like an actual action film and a black comedy and a very deep philosophical piece of like film. And so it, it's the music I thought struck a balance between something that takes itself seriously and something that also is, I don't know, kind of funny. I don't know. I, I actually, I didn't get taken out of it at all. I thought, I thought it gave the appropriate amount of tension for the, for the moment when two guys are like, you know, haggardly running through the streets, can't keep up with each other. They're clearly not meant to be in this kind of chase scene. That's not their kind of work. Which is why it's so funny. I don't know. Uh, but I want to hand it over to Beard next. Yeah. Well, you know, commenting on the music, I, you know, I, I was kind of, I thought the music was kind of hit or miss. 
I, I personally kind of liked it in, in that last sequence, but there were definitely other parts of the movie that I didn't like it as much. Um, but then there were also other parts of the movie that I thought were fantastic um, and had really suspenseful music. So, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll kind of go halfway between you guys. Like, I think it was it was pretty good in some parts. But overall, I think I, I had a, a probably more um, generally positive view um, of this movie now that uh, I've watched it a second time. And I think it has a lot of benefit in retrospect because of, you know, all the times we keep bringing it up. And um, I've also talked to the few people outside the podcast who have seen it before. And like when I told them we reviewed it for the podcast, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm I love that movie. And so just kind of like getting other people's opinions about it um, helped me appreciate it a little bit more, even like before I even sat down and watched it tonight. So that was good. I mean, personally, in my book, you know, if we if we brought it up so many times and referenced it and like it has that kind of um, like, what do you call it? Um, like, it's so quotable, you know, like yeah. if, if a movie's that quotable, like I think it deserves a, little, <laughs> a, a couple points back. Right. So it had that going for it. Um, I, I think it also benefited this time around because I watched at least part of it with my girlfriend and. I noticed like when we were watching it together, I found it funnier than when I was watching it by myself. Like you kind mm -hmm. of, um, it, there's kind of like a, and it's not just in Bruce, by the way, like I find, a, I find other comedies funnier too. When I watch them with other people, it's kind of like a group mm -hmm. atmosphere type of thing. So it benefited from that. And then also just the philosophical stuff we talked about. I, I appreciated that a lot more this time because I already knew what happened and I could focus more on it. And yeah, like, the final judgment and all those kinds of things. Um, I mean, that stuff is, I think, kind of interesting and having a movie demonstrate that, but like in a way that's kind of like off kilter, I think it's kind of cool. And yeah, I, I thought it was really well done and, and pretty poignant, all things considered. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought it was interesting what Hunter said about like all the like extremely <laughs> um, aggressive humor in this movie, which, you know, we know is kind of a British thing, right? Um, but you know, my girlfriend made a really good point about it too, where she was like, yeah, like these characters, you know, they're kind of racist and also sexist and also homophobic and also ableist, but like, that's kind of for a reason because like, it helps you see them as a flawed character yet. You can still empathize with them in like what they're going yeah. through. Like you still cheer for them, even though you're like, listen, this guy on top of killing a child is also kind of just an asshole and like a bad person. But you're like, yeah. yeah, yet like I do feel like he deserves another chance. And like, yeah, I do feel like Ray should have some redemption. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's it I think it works, right? I, I mean again, like I I don't I don't particularly care for these jokes, but um I like I, I at least I at least understand why they're in the movie. So, yeah. Um so. Yeah, no, I think that's a good take. I mean I think Overall, what what I liked about the dark humor is that they don't leave anyone out. Like they just take on everyone. <laughs> They're like, there's one quote by Ray that I think I would go to prison um, in the court of public opinion just for speaking out loud. Like he 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 insults like like every race, you know, body weight, like size, sex. He he just insults everyone in like one sentence. I'm like, you're referring to the seesaw <laughs> joke. Yeah, yeah, the seesaw joke. <laughs> yeah, and, I had the exact same reaction. The other end is a yeah, like that that line. I was actually cracking up at just the audacity of it and how you know he's just attacking everyone. 
um, which, like you're saying, kind of brings it home the point that, you know, he's not a good person, which, again, is emphasized in just the way that he acts, like when they're in the church and he just starts banging on the pew and like acting like a totally petulant child in this, you know, otherwise reverence and induced and holy place. He's just acting like a child. That's exactly what he is. You know, he's a child who is in the process of redemption and his soul's on the line. And it's kind of like, well, what is going to happen to him? And I think that the film puts that question in the center of it. And I also think the film just does a great job of walking you through that process and showing that even the most fallen people have a chance at redemption. But before I go on further, I want to hand it over to Chad. What did you think about this on the second round? Well, I went into this completely different frame of mind than the first time I went into it, which I think is the biggest difference in <laughs> how you see this movie. If I'm being honest with you, I really think like the the frame of mind that you go in to watch this with like heavily impacts yeah. whether or not you like this movie. Yeah. And I went into it this time prepared for what it was. And I, I really enjoyed it the second time around. I had a really good time watching it. Um, and I, on top of the humor being just unbelievably aggressive, I, I don't know why, but some of the jokes, like the stupid alcoves thing, I think <laughs> of that every, at least once a week, every single week since I watched it for the first time. And when the, when it came up the second time, I started cracking up as soon as the scene started, just knowing that that stupid joke was coming. And I'm like, this is like, there are certain jokes in Bruges that were so funny, not the first time I watched it, but having like discussed it with you guys and like made those stupid jokes over the, over the last like year or whatever, they've become so funny to me for no reason. So like there are funny jokes that are just funny in there. And then there are certain jokes that are like, pretty good but that we've just blown up and i think the anticipation of that on top of obviously we've had discussions about some of the deeper philosophical things that i didn't think of the first time i watched it really created this weird like viewing experience for me where i was like this is horrible or funny or like this is an interesting thought to have as you know, you're watching characters do bad things or do bad things for good reasons or do like good things for bad re- like none of it like lines up and uh, motives change around and allegiances change around. There's so much going on throughout it that like if I'm trying to piece together like, okay, if this is purgatory and if you know Ray is on redemption, like what does uh, Ray Fiennes' character represent who could he be in this situation if I'm thinking it from a different perspective and it it lends itself to a lot of different angles to watch it from which was not the case when I watched it the first time and I appreciate that about the second viewing is thinking about it from a lot of different angles and knowing kind of the plot and those like general like progression of the story that's not as important i don't have to pay as much attention to that but i can think about some of the higher philosophical things that they might be trying to convey in the movie i'm not 100 percent convinced that they were going for all of that uh, on my second watching but you know i am happy to think that maybe that's just a happy 
accident, but I'll give him credit if that's what they were going for. That would be great, but uh, it, it was funny. I had a good time. I'm glad we rewatched it. I'd watch this again in a year with you guys just to hear what we say after the interview. <laughs> yeah. just, to, just to hear Hunter say, yeah, I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is actually, well, I was going to say, this is just a, a like year over year bullying streak for us against <laughs> Hunter every year. Just make him a watch it. And we're just going to progressively make him watch it with more awkward people. So we'll do it with, like with your grandma next time. Eh, oh, God. <laughs> we see, what's funny is I feel like last year it was like everybody kind of bullying Colin, being like, why'd you make us watch this weird ass movie? Yeah. And yeah, now, like the I table's totally turned. Now, but- <laughs> the tables have turned. Well, here's the thing, because I, I totally, I, maybe I was a little bit too harsh. I cracked up at all of those jokes. For example, I thought it was even funnier when Ray Fines, uh, goes up to Ken, and they are, they're outside. I believe this happens when they're outside of the tower before they go up. But Ray Fines and Ken are talking, and they're both talking about the guy that said alcoves. I thought that was even better. I forgot that was in the film. Like I remember, I remembered the first two scenes about the alcoves, and I forgot they started talking about him and say, "How weird is that? He's going on about alcoves." He's. <laughs> I thought that was gold, and so yeah, I totally cracked up in this movie. One hundred percent. Are you kidding me? When they're uh, at dinner, when he and Chloe are at dinner. And after they talked about bottle, the bottle and the bottle being a deadly weapon, and all of a sudden the woman picks up and he's like bottle and <laughs> punches punches them in the face. Ah, I thought that was that was great. So it was definitely like I I definitely enjoyed myself during this movie and was laughing. I think what lost me was not being able to care enough for the characters. So I definitely felt for. I definitely felt for Colin Farrell's character in the film and really wanted Ray to have redemption. I really wanted him to survive, even though he doesn't, or get out of Bruges. But I think I think maybe what didn't work on me was the whole, even though you shouldn't care about this person, you do. I think I saw too much into the jokes and, and kind of his personality, and I think that's what turned me away from caring about a character that I should care about in the end. And I think that's what ultimately drew me out of the movie because I thought Ken was, was just fascinating how I really enjoyed him more than the last time and how he's like this big lovable teddy bear. But at the same time, he's also a pretty cold blooded killer and the sort of his struggle of what do I do about Ray? Do I give him a second chance? I mean, his, his B plot, if you could say was great in his moral struggle. I really enjoyed that. I, I possibly enjoyed that more than Ray's in seeing how he was about to kill Ray and then he doesn't and he stops Ray from killing himself and then he wants to send him off and then he faces off with, with Harry and that whole speech about how he loves Harry and, and honor, I thought was really heartfelt. One of the one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is is seeing that right there. And so there are all these bits that were very enjoyable. I just think it was collectively, it's just tough for me to care about Ray. And I think that is what drew me out of it. Yeah, that's fair. But I enjoyed yeah. it a lot more than last time. I think I think for me, I was really pondering what we had discussed last time about, oh, and Bruges is supposed to represent purgatory and Ray Fine's character, Harry's supposed to represent the devil and Ken is supposed to represent 
Jesus and they're kind of battling over Ray's soul. And I was really pondering, you know, is that what it's going on here or is it something else? And I, I, I found this great comment under a Nerdwriter video that was talking about how, you know, Harry is a superficial, judgy Catholic with rigid morality. And that's why he he follows this strict moral code. Why when he's going to visit Bruges, he says it's a matter of honor. You know, that's why he has to do everything he does to do a strict moral code. Whereas Ken is the deeper contemporary understanding of Catholic morality. And Ray is all of us. We are the fallen, the ones who make mistakes and that have to, you know, find our redemption. And so it's finding our way in that balance between those two moralities. I think that's another interpretation that I think is really great. Either way, I thought that it's really fun to try and sit there and understand what's going on. And then out of nowhere, they hit you with this random comedy like Ray just trying to dodge the fat American man who's trying to tackle him <laughs> for saying something that's kind of true. Like, no, no, you can't get around it. It's true. That's why you can't catch me. That's why you have a heart attack when you go up there. It's referenced later. I mean, it's it's still funny. Or like when he, when uh, Ray Fiennes goes in and goes, what an Uzi? What do you think I'm going to go shoot 10 black boys in South Los Angeles? What is this? Like, okay. <laughs> go off like i just this Dude, random no, I had no chill i know <laughs> like but it's also kind of funny because it's kind of true at least that's what i'm led to believe by what i've seen in the news but like i just thought that i'm sitting there trying to ponder the meaning of what's behind this and then like ray finds leans forward towards the camera and then like takes a sip of his drink and it's just that's the whole shot like when they're outside I don't know, just those little things that they did with the dialogue, with the uh, the camera jokes. Uh, everything was so well put together that it's constantly flipping on its head. Uh, and just I also really very much appreciated, as opposed to last time where I didn't appreciate this at all, the distinction between like the first act and the second act. And I would say almost the third act, because I thought that where harry comes into the story is a total change in the judgment really beginning uh as before it's just a discussion or a meditation on what is good what is judgment and what is right and wrong and you know how should we pay for these sins <laughs> and i don't know i just thought this movie was so much more enjoyable this time around uh so my yeah. my rating score has has jumped up a bit from the prior time I, I i rated it a 66 the first time we watched this movie that was like my lowest score at the time because i just did not enjoy it you guys have anything else you want to share before we go into scores i just wanted to say i appreciate um that the movie all kind of grew on you guys uh since the first time i think this movie definitely gets the benefit from a f second viewing and kind of chad spoke about if you know what you're getting into <laughs> It you at least you can get a better mindset because I I do feel like this movie is abrasive at times especially when you don't you don't know what you're getting into. Um, yeah, it's it's I think this movie's it's a lot of dualities, especially mm -hmm. like David, what you're talking about between like kind of the more deeper religious subtext and the pretty you know obviously super dark <laughs> like pitch black comedy and yeah. um. Similarly, like to the set dressings of it, where it's 
yeah, they're two horrible hitmen, one of which is slightly worse than the other one, but it's you you do sort of empathize with them. But at mm-hmm. times, like Hunter, what you're talking about, you, you, they say terrible things sometimes. Where it's like when you watch Always Sunny, like you can laugh with those guys, but you forget they're like, oh yeah, this show's about terrible people. So I don't know. I like it. I, I think it's I like how you can watch this movie and get so many different things out of it and can pull and and project your viewpoints on it in many different ways. And I think that's allows us to have such fruitful discussions about it. Like David, what you're talking about how when we first talked about it, I gave one interpretation that I heard about the the plot line of it. And you even talked about a different one about varying the views on strictness of Catholicism or religion in general. And I think that's really interesting that a movie can be this um, open-ended and uh, you can interpret it different ways without it being um, like not grounded. It's, it's not like, uh, uh, I don't, what's, oh God, what was that movie we watched earlier this year? That was awful. That was like, could have been like this, but. Oh, it's, uh, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Yes, I was going to say, I, I'm not welcome in this plane anymore, <laughs> the Elijah Wood movie. No, exactly. I'm thinking about ending things. So it's 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 similar to that where you can look at it in different ways, but this one's just actually enjoyable to watch, mm-hmm. at least at times, unless you're Hunter. Um, whereas, <laughs> but you can still do that, where you can still watch it and be like, this could be this, or this could be this, and I, I thought it was really interesting. And I also just, I meet my fellow Collins, I just love the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is a fellow Colin, therefore a man yes. after your own heart. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I really did want to talk about the ending because Hunter, you said that he dies at the ending. And I think that is up for dispute because, yep. you know, there's kind of it's kind of like that inception ending where he doesn't it doesn't say he dies. And as nerd writer addressed in his video about the dialogue, uh, which came out like five years ago, but I'm still going to reference it. Uh, he says that he the grammar used in the video is like i wished that i wouldn't die or something like that like grammatically it's all over the place yeah it's like i there's a past tense phrase and a future tense phrase in the same sentence which could both imply that he lived and was then talking about how he had felt at the time or that he has passed on and he's no longer with us but i think in that instance you would you could argue that he was indeed saved that the judgment passed that he was saved because he didn't want to kill himself anymore which is kind of the last thing he leaves us with he doesn't want to die and therefore that's the moral equivalent of moving on so what do you think hunter i think he's dead (laughs) or beard i was gonna i was gonna say i i don't i don't think well Actually, I go back and forth. I was gonna say I don't think he is because, like, that ending sequence when he gets picked up in the ambulance, he it like it it seems like a dream sequence or something that's like not really happening, right? Because like there's all those people in costumes, right? So it seems like a bad trip, more than anything. But at the same time, I also well, like look at the facts and I'm like, dang, he just got shot multiple times in the chest. There's like no way he's surviving that. You know, I think a it's funny that you say. True. Uh, it's it's funny that you bring up the costumes because the costumes are the part of the scene that actually makes sense. He went to a dream sequence movie shoot. And, you know, that 
that part of the scene actually makes sense. It's the people that oh, weren't yeah, there. That's right. It's the people like his girlfriend Chloe or the or the the owner of the motel who show up. Those are the people that make the scene feel like he's dead and like he's passing on and he's remembering the people that he was last in contact with or had an impact on. Yep. See, that's that's the part I that, that. I, I think would imply that he wasn't alive anymore. Yep, I was going to mention the innkeeper. That was the one. That was the one that gave it away. For me, that gave it away as I looked and I'm like, she not only looked at him, but she didn't like, she didn't look sad. She almost looked, it looked as if she was saying goodbye as a smiley goodbye as in it was great knowing you. And it, it wasn't as if she was weeping and thinking, oh, no, now we got to see Chloe. And Chloe was like, oh, my God. Ah. But uh, I thought that the innkeeper that or the hotel owner, that was the giveaway for me. And I was like, ah, it seems like it seems like this is a ceremony of passing on. And Chloe might be crying because he's leaving purgatory and she knows that she will never see him again. And that's sort of how I saw it with. Um, kind of attributed it to chloe as her being like no you're not going to be here anymore i really clicked with you you're off as like those beings are the beings of purgatory of bruges mm-hmm. and they are the ones that run it and they any inhabitants that come in they cater to them and chloe realized that he was one of the best inhabitants and now she will have to be in purgatory without him mm. i did think it was funny how they still shit on bruges at the very last minute with that last <laughs> phrase that he says right before, right before the cut to black <laughs> like every chance well, I think that they was really get important right well, yeah like well i mean it is funny first of all but it also like it's the fact that he said that is like what makes me feel like these theories about bruges being like either hell or purgatory like give it a lot of legitimacy because he like comes right out and says it he's like yeah, like, you know, he's, like, contemplating what is hell, and he's like, well, maybe hell's just, like, being in Bruges, <laughs> right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, no, that totally makes sense. There are, yeah, there are definitely, like, a few monologues where they just go off and basically tell you what the film is about, um, even though they're not entirely mm-hmm. clear. They definitely, they definitely do, you know, at least an attempt at explaining some of what's going on, but they still, like, weave in a little joke here or there, like, make a poke at Bruges or something like that. I, I, I found that to be the duality of philosophy and humor being mixed into one was very enjoyable for me. I have a question kind of related to the ending sequence. So why, what was the purpose of, of Harry killing himself after he thinks he killed a child, but it, like he didn't actually. Right. So like, obviously they set it up earlier in the movie where they're like, where he's like, well, if I kill the child, I would just, you know, shoot myself right on the spot. And so, like, he does, and we see him, like, fall through on that, but he, but, like, but he was wrong. So, like, what was the significance of that? I killed think... kill myself on the fucking spot. <laughs> on the fucking spot. Well, no, it, it, I think that it shows the, the fault in having a super rigid viewpoint and morality, because it doesn't give way to flexibility. Because in his case, everything's binary, everything's black and white. And because he, you know, broke his rule, and every rule in his eyes are cardinal rules, that he has to get the full bear of the consequences. So in his eyes, there's no, like, 
well, maybe he wasn't a kid, right? Because in his viewpoint, it's like, oh, I killed a kid on the fucking spot. And then he does it, and that's the end. So it's kind of similar to what David was talking about, how his viewpoint is super rigid. It doesn't change. Yeah. That's why he's so moralistic, like, honor-driven, et cetera. And that's the reason why it is, ends up being the the end of him, you know? Whereas if he wasn't, if he was, like, chill and not calling people inanimate fucking objects um he wouldn't have killed himself so and and that kind of just i think that's one of the main messages of the movie is people gotta chill out a bit it's okay you know (laughs) everyone kills kids every once in a while oh yeah i think there's actually there's actually another point that i just thought of like i think another moral argument if you wanted to make it could be that you know humans there's there's human morality versus divine morality and harry is enacting his own human morality on the subject he has determined that this is how you act if you do this thing and he's very confident about it and therefore when he falls into that trap he must follow through uh, because that's his moral code whereas a divine moral code would say okay i am not god i don't know what morality necessarily is or isn't it's not up to me to judge and determine that and therefore i can only repent for my sins and i can only wait for judgment from on high and that's kind of like when when he or when ray says at the end like you know what i'll take whatever punishment comes to me going to jail being put to death i don't care because i'm not afraid to die or i don't i don't want to die but I will take whatever comes to me because it's what's right. You know, he he doesn't determine that he knows what's best for him, which I think is kind of an interesting way for everything to play out at the end. So it's about honor, young beard son. Honor. <laughs> Going to Bruges. Honor. All right. <laughs> I want to cover I think... two two scenes that I really enjoyed. All right. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. I think more the second time than the first time in the movie. Uh, aside from the third alcove scene, which was amazing, when <laughs> when Harry calls Ken, he's saying, "Where's Ray? He's in the bathroom." I don't mind. Is it a is it a one or two? Is it pure poo? I, I don't know. Oh, oh, <laughs> tell, him, tell him to get out. And he he goes through that whole sequence. That was amazing. I mean, that was hilarious. That was one take. That was a one take. Yeah, that, that was, was a really long take. That was so good. I was, I thought that was great. I was laughing. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that scene. We'll see if he's gone. And then he's just, we can just see Ken's point of view. And he's thinking, oh my God. Sits the phone and then he checks the door and like walking out and trying to make sure that he hears the footsteps. Like he's gone. He's out. He's not here. He's like thinking, geez, of course I had to say he went to the bathroom. I should have just been honest and said he was out. Now I have to go through this whole thing just because just because I said he went to the bathroom, just because I wasn't honest, which I thought was really funny. And then well, the yeah, other, then the second, then the next second, he is honest about how Ray didn't like it, and he's like, "What do you mean he didn't like it?" Yeah, <laughs> like there's just no winning with this guy. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it was the it was the entranceway. It was just the entranceway. They changed Bruges. I wish Harry would have commented on that when he arrived i wish he would have commented on like the one the one thing that he pointed out that ray didn't like i wish he would have said something but we were there uh the the other scene that i really enjoyed was 
when they were gonna have the shootout in the inn. Yeah, and the innkeepers there. I just think that was so good. And and then they're planning it out. They're saying, okay, okay. Uh, how how about on the count of three, I'll run we'll, I'll run around back, and then you uh, and hop into the lake. Then you run around and try and shoot me. And he says, well, is it <laughs> left or right? Is it left? Left or right? Right. What are you talking about? It's right. Okay. And then they're saying, on one, two, three, go. Ready, set, go. So, okay. And then they pause. And they're waiting for the other person to say it. I thought you were going to say it. I thought you were going to say it. I just thought that was really good. I really, I really liked this. the the owner, the co-owners, just look at camera like, y'all are crazy. Like, she's just caught in the middle. Like, are you serious? Are you actually about to just run and jump in the canal and try to escape this dude? Like, and you're actually going to go out there and shoot him? I, I did think I also loved how like uh, Harry comes out and like aims the gun and then hits him. And then the look on Harry's face is like, yeah, that's right. I hit you. <laughs> the look of just pure smug satisfaction on his face after he hits him with the, with the long shot was really funny. And also like the fact that the one part that got me off guard with that scene is where he just gets off the barge and keeps running. Like, the barge guy wasn't like, you've been shot. Let me drive you to the hospital. You know, like, I'm on, I'm on a vehicle that could drive you to a place to be healed. Not, <laughs> it just drops him off like, all right, see ya. I mean, that gondola was pretty slow. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, but still, the gondola guy, all, all we can assume is the gondola guy just never even looked back <laughs> when he heard the gunshot go off. He just kept driving. And then eventually some the dude got off and he's like all right and they just kept driving again <laughs> i don't know anyway uh you guys want to go to scores all yeah. right i will leave colin yeah. for last and i want to hear i actually don't want to hear hunter yet either because i feel like he's going to have an interesting score i want to hear from me what did i give the score i gave it a 94 out of 100 yeah this is my highest wow. rated film ever on this podcast what <laughs> wait what turn around from 66 complete to reversal an absolute and complete reversal i enjoyed this film so much the second time i gave it a 10 the plot seemed like a perfectly structured you know meditation on morality 10 out of 10 the character development was i just really enjoyed it this time around i i, I seriously liked uh, how each of them developed and each of them showed different aspects of morality um, and all of this talk about morality meant that, of course, I had to give it a 10 for impact because it impacted me a lot, uh, impacted our podcast a lot. And 10 out of 10, uh, the acting phenomenal nine cinematography. I really especially the second time watching enjoyed all of the panoramic shots of Bruges and especially the some of the shots where the, especially because it's Christmas time in this movie. There's just some beautiful Christmas themed shots that really drive home the. Bruges is a fairy tale and almost can really make you feel like some kind of place that's beyond this mortal realm. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Is this an action Christmas movie? Uh, uh, I think so. I think this <laughs> this does could take place like right before Christmas. Um, I don't think it qualifies as a Christmas movie due, due to too many usages of the C word. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. Not the Christmas word. I, the other I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> the, the C word meaning I mean, Christmas. 
they, uh, no. <laughs> they do play Silent Night at one point. So they played a Christmas song. They mentioned Christmas. There's action. It's an action Christmas movie. Oh shit! Watch out, Die Hard. It's a lot of alcoves. We're in Christmas may hide. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought the the blood and the gore, which is pretty much the definition of the special effects in this movie, were fantastically done. I definitely believed that Brendan Gleeson fell off of a big building um, and exploded on the ground. 10 out of 10. Soundtrack, I really enjoyed it. I know it, you didn't like it as much, Hunter, but I gave it a 9. Uh, I thought the little like piano... Da, 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 da. It was very like, you know, as I was saying before, meditative. It kind of drew me in to this philosophical story. And then the kind of almost comedic, not super intense yet, yet still intense action music. Um, and then again, the, the credits music was kind of a continuation of that theme from the action music, which was a surprising take to take the music from the credits and put that in there but i still enjoyed it uh and then artistry i gave it a nine i thought there there was a lot of really just overall good weaving in as i was saying before of comedy philosophy and action overall 94 fantastic film all right and following that i'm going to hand it over to beard what did you rate this film well i guess see, david i'm pretty blown away by your score i mean i thought i you know, kind of raised my score a little bit, but uh, nothing in comparison to you. So I, I I did bump up a lot of scores. So I, I, I gave enjoyability a nine. I, I thought it was hilarious. I had a great time watching it. Uh, plot eight, character development nine, acting eight. I, I, I kind of decided, I thought, and actually I might even bump up acting again because I decided, I think Colin Farrell's acting is what made me empathize with him since there was, you know, literally nothing else <laughs> to empathize with. Like, there was nothing about his character <laughs> that was really made me like him. So it must have just been the good acting. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, cinematography, special effects, they were solid. Um, I give it a nine for, for profoundness as well. Um, other, Otherwise, the soundtrack, um, impact, and artistry, those things were good. But, like, you know, I, I don't think this was, like, as high production value as, you know, some of the other... Um, you know, super big budget movies we've seen. So, um, again, just wasn't quite what it was going for. Overall, I gave it a 75, um, which, you know, may not sound like a lot, but I did give it a 62 the first time around. So that's a 13 point bump, which mm. is uh, pretty substantial. That is um, a pretty substantial bump. And in terms of rank, it's even more like it was, I think, 180, 180th on my list before now this re-rank would put it right around 72 which it got the same score as shutter island so oh wow yeah i uh, i enjoyed it quite a bit the second time around. <laughs> all right jab what did you rate this movie uh, well I, I don't know if my rating is accurate anymore after hearing what andrew just said i mean i feel like i need to add like 20 points to my score after that my goodness uh um, <laughs> I mean, you gotta be 85 10 points <laughs> You know the rules. I don't know if I could do that, but in all fairness, an 85 would put it very close to where Andrew has his ranked in his top 100. So I liked it more this time. I don't know if I liked it that much more this time. Um, I still ended up giving it high scores and enjoyability. I gave it an enjoyability. I gave it a 10 in impact simply because of how often we mentioned it when we were going through the podcast. It is 
by far the most mentioned episode or movie that we've watched, so it, it absolutely had to get a ten in impact. Uh, acting as well, I gave a nine. Uh, I definitely bumped that up. I did bump up uh, cinematography and profoundness, uh, both to eight on the second view. I paid a little bit more attention to some of the establishing shots as well as some of the things that we discussed in our first episode and and definitely made sure to try and keep those things in mind when we, when I was going through this second viewing. And I think that definitely improved those scores. Overall, uh, it ended up at a 77, which does just barely break it into my top 100. So it's close. I don't, um, I'm, I, I was, I'm still trying to overcome the shock of what Andrew rated. Uh, and never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought that Andrew would have a movie rated that highway that I've rated this low. I never thought we would be close to agreeing on a score for just about well, anything. Well, Chad, you're <laughs> forgetting Citizen Kane. <laughs> you mean the 71? I rated exactly. that. Exactly. I rated that 71. Wow, I, I rated that way too high. Don't <laughs> I got a lot of points away from that. We need to watch that one again too at some point. I feel like I I need. I to... gave Citizen Kane a ten in artistry. That's not right. It's getting a five. Okay, there you go. Citizen Kane's a sixty-six. No, <laughs> that's what you get, Andrew. Justice. I fixed it. Justice <laughs> oh, no. has been served. All right, Colin. that's the movie that you texted. You asked if you were watching the right movie. That was the one where you asked the group if you were watching the right one, right? I remember. I that, could not yes. believe the masterpiece of cinema, Citizen Kane, was what I was watching <laughs> for the first twenty or thirty minutes. I couldn't believe it. That, that opening <laughs> is terrible. It is awful. It is the definition of what I find wrong with much of modern cinema. And if it if that's the root of it, then that movie can kiss my ass. <laughs> Chad, you are an inanimate object, and your opinion means nothing to me. <laughs> Oh, God, take that opinion and shove it in an alcove for all I care. Uh, All right. Uh, Hunter, Hunter, what did you rate this movie? All right. Well, unlike the trend, this movie lost points and went down to a total of a 54. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. For those that cannot see, the reactions across the board was amazing. It was absolute gold. I did so much so that I created a new row. I created a new row just so I could have that total and I could fool anybody that was looking at my screen trying to take a peek. The the real total that I have. uh, Oh, yeah, I went all out. The real total is uh, it's it's got a sizable upgrade in, in final score, but I'll wait. Enjoyability was moved up from a five to a seven uh, i this was this was definitely a more enjoyable time on laughing at the jokes but i still can't give it i can't justify an eight or above just because at this moment in time it still felt there were just those moments that took me out and as i mentioned before i still just i felt like i was in bruges like i was kind of midway through at around the same point i kind of checked it when how far along we were in the movie and I was thinking, oh, wow, I still have like half the movie left. And that's never a good sign for enjoyability. But I, I had to give it more points because I had so much fun laughing. And the scenes, I thought it was really good. And it's just this interesting disparity where it, it's kind of polarizing where I enjoyed so much of it. But there were also just so many parts that I 
did not enjoy. And so it's just a very interesting, I think I'm going to have to watch it for a third time and, <laughs> and it's probably going to change even more. So enjoy. Yeah. Uh, acting uh, had arguably the biggest jump from a three, I'm sorry, overall plot moved from a three to a seven. That's a huge, that's a huge jump. Moved, moved four whole points over double that's the a lot. score. I thought the overall plot, I just thought it was really good. Like I thought the story of morality and, Colin, it was really you sort of explaining what this was about in that original review and now going back to it, understanding what this movie is supposed to be. And Colin, as you mentioned, setting my expectations. Um, oh, sorry, I totally flip flopped to you. Chad, setting expectations. Uh, that totally had an impact. Rest of the scores, seven for character development. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the acting I thought was great. Eight. Gets an eight, same as last time. The cinematography, there were so many shots here that you could pick out and put on a movie poster. I thought it was, I, I mean, I, I'd hang it up in my room. It was gorgeous. You see the shot of, I believe it's Ray walking across the bridge at night in Bruges, gorgeous. You see the shot of Ray before he's going to kill himself or he attempts to. And it's the back shot from behind him, amazing. That, that was uh, gorgeous so many of these shots were you could just take a still and put it up somewhere and say this is just straight out of a great looking film and i think as well every shot really captures what this movie is about it captures the feel and the aesthetic and i think that that also does wonder so cinematography gave it a nine gave it a, a six for special effects i thought they were all right give it a five for soundtrack because that that one uh, that one song in the shootout is really, really bugs me. <laughs> it really does. And then Impact, I gave it an eight. I think it probably deserves a nine because we make these jokes all the time. And I talk about this movie probably more than any other movie. And uh, then eight for the next one, which is uh, Profoundness. And then seven for Artistry. Overall, 72. The last score Whoa! was 72. This is one up. above beard and score. Ten whole points. Wait, it's not one above Beard's score. This is still lower. I think I said seventy-five. Yeah, oh, Beard's at seventy-five. This is this is this is lower than Beard's score. But this is pretty Chad's big. Like that's a ten-point difference. Bad. That's a ten-point difference, and it feels. I feel like it's where it should be at this moment in time. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I need to watch this movie again, and I feel that. I'm going to enjoy it more next time now that we've talked about it again. I also think that if I were to watch it with one of you, I was I about to say that enjoy it much more. I was about to say that Hunter, we, we were intending to watch this together, but then things got away from us and we didn't. But <laughs> I think if we did, I think we would have at least had an interesting discussion afterwards and they have made you feel like you liked it more. I don't know. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I feel bad not liking this. Like, I want to like this movie. I really want to like this as much as you all you all enjoy it. I really do. I feel left out. And so I really, <laughs> I'm hoping that the next time I watch this, hopefully, David, I can watch it with you. And I think I'm going to enjoy it more. I hope I can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I already enjoyed it more this time. And I think that's a huge, I think that's awesome seeing how we all enjoyed it more. And Colin, I, I hope that you love seeing that. Uh, with a second rewatch that everybody just had such a better viewing experience. Yeah, I think I think uh, this is something that I'm starting to feel like with just most really high concept movies, 
like I mean, I did not like Citizen Kane the first time, but that's because my expectations were that it's going to be a cinematic masterpiece. I didn't like this movie the first time because I had no expectations and I probably should have had some. I guess I thought it was going to be like some kind of, you know, spy hitman movie. And it's not. I mean, even the advertising for this movie says shoot first, sightsee later, which is the opposite of what this movie does. This movie does the sightseeing first and the shooting later. So get it right. But anyway, I think, you know, even I might even consider rewatching I'm Thinking of Ending Things because now that I'm thinking about it, the way that this movie and Citizen Kane benefit from a second viewing and a further viewing and just further pondering, I think even a movie like that that I just utterly disdain would actually be better on the second try. So I don't know, Colin. You didn't give us your score, though. What did you rate this movie on the second try? Or oh, whatever viewing it is for you. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't feel comfortable now giving it a score. So I'm just going to say classic out of 10. Boom. It's uh, it's up there. It's it's one of my... I, I was thinking about this. Yev and I were talking about it recently. We are going to put some posters up, like in a living room. And I think it's definitely going to be one of the ones I want to put up. Um, just because I think it's it's so impactful for me, and I I think it's just such a well made movie. It just I, I I always have a great time and I love talking about it. So um, yeah, I encourage anyone to see it. And uh, yeah, it's going up there right next to Ferris Bueller and uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Heck yeah! Woo-hoo. Heck yeah! Awesome. So that means. Next rewatch, next movie. I'm thinking of ending things. Oh God, it's too soon. David, why'd you say that? It's too soon. Don't do yeah, that. I'm not ready. I don't want it. We should watch. Uh, what's it called? Don't look up. Oh. You haven't wanted yeah, to I mentioned that as David a scientist. I, a few weeks ago. I watched that over winter break. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay let's do it. I watched that over winter break. <laughs> no further comments. That is all. <laughs> all right. Well, we can put that on the list um, for the for the near future. Uh, I think that's a great suggestion. All right. With that, we'd love to hear from our listeners, whether it's behind the scenes questions or movie suggestions. What do you think happened to Ray? Was his soul saved? Let us know by leaving a rating or by emailing us at ampedaboutmovies at gmail.com, which you can find in the description of this podcast. We hope this episode has gotten you amped about In Bruges, and we'll catch you next week when we discuss Taxi Driver. Peace. <laughs>